He may have officiated over 500 games. He may be the most enigmatic person in the whole of football. But somewhere on the world last night, Mike Dean was crying into his yellow cards as his beloved Tranmere Rovers were torn limb from limb by Phil Parkinson's red and white wizards. And to that, I merely say, Deanie, put that in your whistle and blow it. Sunderland are good again, and in the words of Keith Downey, much more like it, things looking good. And to look back on that Tranmere victory and to look ahead to the, our game against Portsmouth on Saturday, it is your beloved Mank Pod. Back in the Port Street Bay House in Manchester and I'm joined by Jim and Matt. No Joe today because he's swanning round the streets of Gay Paris in a hoop jumper riding a bike with a baguette. <laughs> so how are we all everybody? Very good, thanks. Yeah, yeah well, thank you. Good, good. 1-0 victory over Tranmere last night. One of those games where the word attritional is, uh, could be best to describe it. But on the on the basis of things, good win really. Yeah, I think I think it went as well as could be expected really, given the state of the facilities and the pitch and what have you, and the phys- the, the physical, shall we say, nature of Tramway's approach to the game and the questionable decision uh, making the referee. I think to get out of that with a win was an improvement on similar situations we found ourselves in last season and even earlier this season as well so yes a good win it was never going to be spectacular it was not going to be one of those you're going to want to watch again but win's a win we have to touch on the pitch because it was it was honestly like a ploughed field I yeah. mean I know I know Tranmere have an issue because I think reser- Liverpool reserves and Liverpool's women's team play on that there's been a lot of rain recently they've had a lot of games but still I'm surprised no one got like seriously injured on that yeah, it was shocking, wasn't it? Is um, the amount of sand on there? It was more akin to the sort of surface that you'd see beach volleyball being played on than again <laughs> yeah. football. And it's it's another reminder of the sort of level that we're at, I think, because this is the sort of thing that we might have experienced maybe in the third round of the FA Cup, and now it's just a league game, bog standard bread and butter kind of scenario for us. Um, but I think the other thing is how how are they allowed to do that? Just pour a load of sand on the pitch. It's a normal tactic, I'll give it that. Yeah, and that, you know, presumably it was inspected and it was deemed suitable for a game of League One football. Um, but it didn't really it didn't really help the sort of free flowing, attacking, parkiola football <laughs> that we're now used to. Uh, so I agree with Jim, I mean considering the, the conditions I think we, we played about as well as we possibly could. Well, saying that, the kind of, does the pitch play into our hands a little bit? Because that's a perfect pitch where we can just lump it up. That's what Parky likes. It's like <laughs> lumping up to Charlie White. Yeah. And if there's any goal that was going to settle that game, it was going to be that goal. Yeah, I mean, it's just summed up the game, didn't it? It was a beautifully scrappy, horrible, deflected header with a lovely, over the top celebration. Down with the fans, fans on the pitch, limbs everywhere. 1-0 win, Wednesday night, cold in Tranmere, in the mud, you can't beat him. That was the thing, uh, is it becoming our thing now, just whatever, whenever we score a goal away from home, just to celebrate yeah. it like we won the World Cup? I'm all for it, I love it, I absolutely love it. I mean, you know, it is why we go, you go there to have a good time, you go there to have a laugh with your mates, and if people want to get a bit carried away with themselves, as long as it's all good fun, good nature, that's fine by me. But it's also brought back, which I've been missing from this season, is uh, small-time teams getting very annoyed with us for, celebra- for celebrating yeah. a goal. Um, which apparently you're not allowed to do because you know it's Sunderland. But you're also not allowed to not celebrate it because if you do that, then you're arrogant. Oh, you're so too really, arrogant. it's like you know, yeah. it's one of them where effectively we just have to 
just like hope to somehow gain their respect, but I don't think we ever will, to be honest. <laughs> Is it partly to do with the sort of grounds that we're playing at now as well? The fans tend to be quite close to the pitch, and I think. Um, that sort of makes it a little bit easier. Maybe they're not quite as well stewarded. Oh, the steward is terrible. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I, I think also you've got to bring into context the fact that under Parkinson we had what a run of 12 to 14 games where we really weren't playing well. We weren't scoring a lot of goals, and then the last six or seven games, maybe a bit longer than that, we've we've really turned it around. So, yeah, people are happy. I don't really see what what the so, problem is. So we'll go into that. It's unbeaten nine now. And if you told us that on Boxing Day, after that fiasco at Bolton, this, this turnaround's come out of nowhere, but he's also... hounded off Twitter, if you'd have said that. hounded off Twitter. I'd <laughs> have uh, Northeast journalists saying I'm a turncoat or something like that. Um, but it's been based on solid defence. I mean, it's now uh, five clean sheets out of our last seven. And, and that's what that's kind of what I was expecting under Parkinson when he first arrived we knew it wasn't going to be free flowing football but is this it's not great but is this this is better than what we what what was the beginning yeah I mean I think fundamentally we've got five good centre backs for three positions I mean Opinions vary on us too. I quite like him, I, but I understand why people don't. Same with Lynch as well. I think fundamentally, Willis, Bailey Wright, and Flanagan are all good players for this level. Um, and I think Bailey Wright was really impressive last night. I thought, especially yeah. the debut. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he got a score, but you know, he's, he's big. He's big. He's hard. He's not afraid of getting hurt. But decent on the ball. You can tell really that he's a championship player playing in League One, isn't he? And um, yeah, full full credit to him for the man down under. Uh, it's a great song, by the way. Um, I rec- recommend everyone listen to that. Um, but yeah, I would say he could be the key to us keeping on this run because he's, he's definitely less dodgy than us too. Which is, which is good. Well, we mentioned this. Well, me and you, Matt, had a chat about this before we started, and uh, you got a bit of stick for missing that chance, but. You're gonna miss that. It's not. It's not unforgivable on his debut. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's you've got to think about it in context. It's his debut. I don't think he's played a lot of football this season either, so it's pretty rusty. And when you when you watch the replays of it, he's under quite a lot of pressure. Um, just gets under the ball and, and puts it over the bar. But I think generally speaking his performance was very good and he was really the one positive of the first half really turgid first half you know not helped by the conditions at all but I thought he looked really good comfortable on the ball commanding in the air looked confident um, and I think it's quite a difficult position to make a big statement in unless you're Stan Varga yeah, your, your, yeah. Your, your debut. It's going to be difficult to make a really, really big splash of centre half. And obviously, if he had scored, that would have that would have done that. But yeah. there was just one moment in the second half where he got turned very, very easily. By like the number ten, wasn't yeah. it? It was a bit of a pestle game. There, he was. To be fair to him, he, I think other had a pretty good game. But bar that. Um, one moment you mentioned there, right handled him well. Uh, for me, right, he got stuck in. You know, no airs or graces. He's from the championship. He could have been, oh, this pitch is crap. Don't want to be here. Don't want to be in League One. I'm only here because I can't get a game in Bristol. But he hasn't. He came in, got stuck in, put in, like you said, as, as good of a debut as you can expect from a centre back. So fair play to him. And so I think he's he's earned to start a start of Portsmouth. Yeah, you're, you're saying no airs and graces, but I actually thought he he was surprisingly good on the ball. Mm. Um, from what I kind of heard from uh, fans of his. 
previous clubs, he, he's, he's, that's maybe not a massive strength of his, but he looked pretty good. And maybe that's the fact that he's dropped down a league and mm. at this level, he looks a lot more com uh, comfortable on the ball than he would in the championship. But all in all, a really promising debut. Yeah. So would we say that he comes in instead when we had a fully fit? I mean, Flanagan was on the bench last night. Would you have him? Personally, I would have him, Willis, and Flanagan as your three mm. centre halves. And Joel Lynch, I mean, he's been clean, keeping clean sheets. It's just, I don't know, it's just not, not my For me, yeah, if it's same. For me, it's kind of a shame because I would personally have Oz Turk over Lynch. Oh, but, sorry, I forgot about the big But boy. I wouldn't, <laughs> but at the same time. The the, the, the quandary is I wouldn't have him on the left of a back three because I think also it would really only work in the centre of a back three so for me it would depend on whether you could shift Bailey right to where Lynch is have Ozturk in the middle and obviously keep Willis on the right I think for me that I mean there's nothing I haven't nothing against Lynch but I thought last night there were a couple of moments he was a little bit little bit questionable I just I don't know if if I like him as in my top three so ideally I'd go right on the left Ozturk in the middle and uh, Willis and Are we thinking it was good because like we weren't really tested last night and we, so as you say Matt before it was like we had a few shaky moments in the first half but it's more down to the pitch than anything else. Yeah, it was. And it's rather than Tranmere doing it doing anything really like yeah. really dangerous. I thought looked he was he was putting himself about, he was hustle and bustle, he was he wasn't making it easy. I thought he played well. In, in a sense but he didn't really ever look like scoring but other than that yes I think as a team for Bailey Wright to make his debut against or as a team to play on a pitch like that I think we couldn't have asked for much better really because without being patronising they really weren't that good to be honest so well, this is that is really patronising <laughs> <laughs> apologies to my uh, my Tramir Tramir brother <laughs> another goal for Charlie Mike he was on now he's got his hair it does look like it's never not been there. It looks like, great. You know, it's quite a convincing yeah. weave. We can call yeah. it. You know, <laughs> weave. Yeah, he's going to be doing adverts for the Advanced Hair Studio yeah. before before the end Shame of the season. <laughs> I really feel like it's like when Homer gets that bottle of Demoxylin and yeah. just all over his hair, and he comes out looking like Samson. Yeah. Yeah. But again, again, he's not the best player in the world, and as you. <laughs> You got a bit of a uh, split opinion on Charlie White as it flops to week for week. Yeah, but yeah, my, my kind of my feeling about Charlie White until fairly recently was that he works quite well in the system. Um, when I was at Doncaster, I was quite near the pitch and I got quite a good view of, particularly in the second half, of him holding the ball up. Not necessarily always the strongest in the air, depending on who the centre half is that he's up against. But balls into his chest or to his feet, he was doing a really good job of holding it up and bringing people like Maguire and Gooch and Hume into play. My kind of my thought about him was always that he wasn't really much of a goal threat. But you know. As, as reluctantly as I might have to admit in the last few weeks he's you know he's scoring goals when we need him to yeah. um, he was quite poor against Doncaster at the weekend and I was a bit surprised that he didn't start with Lafferty last night um, but you know to be fair he went with Wyke uh, he got the goal that we needed apparently it's from a sort of training ground move that they've been working on in training and cross and head <laughs> cross and head well, you know, ball in box head on ball near post deflection in. near post get, get, get ahead of your marker um, and I like that I like the fact that it's kind of come from maybe a bit more preparation on the training ground rather than MK Dom's 
Gooch pulls a worldie out of the bag. Mm. I quite like the fact that they've been working on something and it's worked in a game scenario and that's got us to three points. I will I will say, I think there is another training ground move that we keep trying and does work until a centre-half manages to balloon it over the box. Mm. Because it happened a lot at, um, at MK Dons mm. and it's a Maguire cross to the back post, headed back by... So it lands in the area, it, yeah. it drops. It's usually, but it drops to someone like Ozturk or Bailey Wright last night. It's the kind of ball that like, if, you, you, if you're playing like five side, you sort of scream it was yours as you were yeah. steaming in to absolutely leather it, which I imagine is pretty much what they're doing, but um, if you get a bit more tappies, then maybe it would be the top bins is the same type of end, but sadly not, sadly not for us. I'm sorry, Jim, you're going to have to leave this pod for saying the word techers, because I, I, I just can't, I can't abide by that. <laughs> it is an awful word, um, that Yes, we've got a. Uh, so Charlie White's going again, and and also I thought Max. The midfield was again industrious, and also on a pitch. I keep going back to the pitch, but on a pitch like that where you, you can't really play football. I've got Dobson and Power, Marsh or Power especially. I thought was fantastic last night. Yeah, he was, and also I loved at the end his passion. Even though I really liked because he's an ex-Tramia player, he's reportedly a Tramia fan. He was very gracious towards their fans, but he was also getting really pumped without you know for the far away fans. Oh, he definitely you know, wanted to I, win that. Last it, that's the kind of thing like you love to see that but there's not been enough of that in our club consistently for well the last 10 15 years probably bar the odd moment from your catamals or whatever and he is bringing back the sort of primeval chest beating passion that, <laughs> that that us us big burly lads love to see so yeah i'm, I'm all for it well we also saw uh, phil Parkinson last night yeah. that was uh, that was it's usually just a quick, that fist bump. if you'd done that if you'd done that four weeks ago you know he'd probably got an egg thrown out or something but uh, a bottle of piss or something but um, you know he's earned, he's earned the right to fist pump now so <laughs> fair play I'm not sure what he would have been fist bumping four weeks ago to be honest <laughs> that, <laughs> that, 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 that clean sheet that, that clean sheet gets Bolton mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah yeah uh, um, but it's, there was one there's one thing I mean it's I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm criticising. I don't. After we've had a lot. Negative, man. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but there's one thing that is a bit worrying. It's the it's the lack of substitutions or the late reaction yeah, to things. Right. It's like we said about Charlie. Wang, he was he was good last night. He got his goal and he worked there centre halves to the uh, well. But at the end, he was shattered. You could tell he was knackered, and you got. And with defend, even with, when Tramay had ten men, they're pushing forward. And I thought someone like have a Lafferty, mm. Flanagan, um, two big burly lads, just to kind of head a lot of stuff away. But all, with Lafferty, especially fresh legs, stretching. But it's a, it's a trope of uh, Parkinson's to just leave it as long as possible. I thought that with uh, with Dobson as well, because obviously he got booked uh, fairly unfairly. I thought. In the first half actually given some of the titles that the Tranmere players were putting in and weren't even getting free kicks but he did get booked in the first half so he was on, he was on the yellow for you know more than half of the game so for me it would be like centre mid dodgy pitch he's on the I mean you know he did he, he was sensible but I would have maybe brought Scowan on 15 20, 20 15 minutes before we did just because a it'd be nice to have seen a bit more of him and give him a bit more of a feel for it and b again you know, with Dobson being on the yellow, it is risky. And like you say, if that's a traitor party, I think he needs to try and make changes a bit early, like preempt it a bit more. Because good as well as Dobson played, he wasn't playing out of his skin. He wasn't fantastic. You could you could have changed him. 
actually thought Dobson was pretty poor first off um, uh, I mean nobody apart from Wright particularly played well in that first half it was a you know, really poor standard of football but Dobson was, seemed to be the most wasteful in possession uh, particularly alongside power like like Jim said earlier, who was seemed really up for it, but not to the point of you know getting oh, sent off like he did last yeah. last season. Um, but Dobson seemed to be getting the ball. In particular, he was struggling with the surface. I think. I think that's what's brought his yellow yeah. on as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he misjudged it, didn't he? And he, he he was yeah, like you say, he was struggling. He wasn't it wasn't really like he was a hundred percent in the game. If you know what I mean, it was almost like he was second guessing himself and, and, and thinking thinking about it and, and a bit off the pace as well but yeah, yeah. He's, I mean he's he's, all, he's always trying he's a hard worker but I just felt he was a lot more wasteful in possession than he has been recently and kind of regressed a little bit back to his kind of pre-Doncaster away performances but um, on the kind of substitutions thing I think it would have been really interesting if uh, if the month had been sent off earlier because it was only five minutes to go, uh, and we were quite happy to, you know, not put them to the sword, just take the ball. He could have been off in the first half, and the amount of the amount of stupid fouls. Sorry to interrupt you, but like I, I was saying all the way through the game, like he got away with I think four or five yellow card offences, and didn't even get booked until the second half. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous refereeing. But anyway, no, you're quite you're quite right. I, mean, I don't know if we were going to get onto the refereeing, but I kind of feel like it's a bit of a moot point. Like just, every game, yeah. yeah, it's just a standard referee in the league one it's going to be poor I actually thought De Month Creme De Month as I call him um, he's, when he's had a good game he's Creme De Month uh, I actually thought he contained White pretty well for the most part obviously not for the goal but and yeah there was a bit of kind of underhand tactics going on um, but he, he managed to contain him pretty well uh, up until obviously getting sent off for the, la- the last five minutes and I think by that point Parkinson obviously just thought, well, we're one 0 up already. We're against ten, we're against ten men of a poor team, but we'll just take it in the corner. We'll see how. We also saw. I mean, he was only on for a couple of minutes right at the end, but um, what do we think of Josh Scowen? I thought he was a little. He was exactly what the bro just said. Little, like a little, little ratty lad. Yeah, just a bit boot, like going around like young cattle. Like you thought he was. You know, he looks. He looks the part. He looks fit. He was straight getting the mixer. He went up for a header as soon as he came on. Didn't win it, but you know, he was because he's five foot four. Yeah, well, exactly. But no, I thought <laughs> he's you know, absolutely tiny. It's hard to make a judgment off what yeah. you know, less than five minutes. But he, he looks. He looks like a. Looks like a footballer. So that's a good. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. That like stereotypical, like little, like, like nice, neat, neat hair, nice. Like, you know, he just looks like he'll be good. I think. <laughs> right. That's a uh, really bad analysis. Wrap, wrapping up the uh, <laughs> wrapping up tram bit. Did everyone enjoy them playing local here at the end, despite them yeah, losing? I was trying to work out whether that was like some kind of like weird shells and behaviour, or whether they just weirdly play that anyway. And Maybe. I asked my mates, the tram here fans, and he he said that they they have played that um, after games before. So. They were just saying that to try and make out like they, they didn't yeah. do it on purpose, yeah. but uh, <laughs> apparently they didn't. Big Die Straits fans in uh, Birkinhead. Yeah. Uh, well, so what? Another win in the bag. Portsmouth on sat- and Saturday, which we'll get to in a minute. But it's the big, big day tomorrow. Thirty first. Yes, we're all leaving the European Union. Uh, but no, and it's also a transfer deadline day. Uh, I don't know what time it's short. Is it the same time as Brexit? I'm sure 11, I think. The same time as Brexit. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, so, so far, Carl Lafferty, Bailey Wright, Josh Scowen, centre half, centre forward, centre mid. 
I think they're all relative. From what I've seen, I can rule all of them. Yeah, I mean, Lafferty does what he says in the tin. He's got a bit of class. He's played at a higher level. He's played in big games. He's not going to be the type of player that we'll ever sign off at the end of the season. But if he can do a job for a few months, fine. Bailey Wright looks good. He'd be, if we do go up, I'd be interested in buying him. want to sign him. Yeah, Josh Gowan, we paid some money for him, which is a nice change. And also, he seemed really keen to be here and make an impression. So, yeah, happy with all three. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just just building on what Jim said there. I think particularly with Wright and Scowen, obviously, obviously Lafferty's on a on a short term deal, um, so we'll kind of see how that goes. But I think with Wright, I assume they've got maybe not a well, the kind of loan with with a view to buy, but they'll be they'll be hoping to buy him. But the two the two of them, Wright and Scowen, have good championship pedigree. If you can believe what fans of their former clubs have said, sounds like they'd be perfectly capable of championship level. I think the, the one thing that worries me a little bit about the three signs that we've made so far is that it doesn't seem to suggest that we're really looking at any alternative way of playing. So you can see all three of them. Lafferty comes in very neatly for, for Wyke. Um, Bailey Wright, as we saw last night, can play quite, quite competently in a back three. Uh, and Scowen, from what I've heard, can sort of maybe play a bit of the max power just in front of the, the back three role, or he can play box to box. What we don't seem to be signing, uh, signing um, and we'll see how the next sort of 48 hours go, but uh, we don't seem to be signing players who can give us an alternative way of playing. They all just fit neatly, like for like, into the system that we're playing now. Yeah. Well, today, was recently, like earlier today, the Athletic, everyone's favourite paid website. Mm. Um, they were signing a lad called Bobby Duncan. Mm. Sounds like he's from the nineteen like nineteen twenties. Yeah, he looks a bit like he's from the nineteen twenties as well. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He, he looks about fourteen yeah. as well. Well, he's eighteen. Uh, he's Stephen Gerrard's cousin, so mm. that's good. He was uh, well, apparently he was really highly rated at Liverpool, and then he's had a bit of a falling out. Accused people. Of yeah, I asked a couple like of my mates uh, from 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 Liverpool who were Liverpool fans about him and. It was a very acrimonious um, exit in the summer with his agent basically accusing Klopp of not giving him any first-team opportunities, so he moved to <laughs> Fiorentina. I mean, they've done all right without him. Yeah, yes. well, exactly, yeah. I mean, I think that was the point Klopp was making, like, I want to keep you, but, you know, I don't want to We've keep got some you. good players. I'm not going to, like, sign a contract that says that you're going to get X amount of first-team games or whatever. So, I think, basically, he thinks clearly thinks he's a lot of himself... I don't know if he's as good as what the hype is about him, being Stevie G's cousin and all that, but at the same time, if he's good enough for Fiorentina to sign him, he's probably going to be good enough for half a season in League One. Um, he played in pre-season for Liverpool, they, they actually looked pretty good in their pre-season apparently as well, I obviously haven't seen him, but the, the lads who I was speaking to had, so I would say tentative yes, question marks over the attitude based on what what happened at Liverpool but at the same time if we're not paying any money for him his wages aren't going to be massive I wouldn't have thought because he's, he's a child so um, yeah give him a go for well, it, yeah he sounds to me like a bit of a Keziah Sterling sort of sort of loan signing I can't imagine him coming in having a huge amount of influence maybe making the odd substitute appearance um, the only two things I know about him or knew about him before today was that he, one he's Stephen Gerrard's cousin and two that he'd left Liverpool in <laughs> acrimonious circumstances around um, accusations of him being bullied 
that was it. Um, yeah. yeah, and I don't think he's really played much, if at all, for Fiorentina's first team. I think he's made eight or nine appearances for the under 19s or something. And, and well, he is only 18. So. <laughs> he is only 18, but there are 18 year olds playing first team. Yeah, true. Um, so I, I don't know whether I mean who am I to, to suggest the athletic might have got their sources wrong. So you know if he <laughs> if he does if he does come in, you know. I can't imagine him making a huge amount of difference. I don't think he's going to be one like the three we have signed who are going to actually make a, yeah, a, a big impact. I had a little look on his uh, on you know news like update. Apparently, he's changed that agent now, so I'm thinking his yeah. new agent must be wanting to get him back to England again. So maybe he views us as a way to play for obviously a big club, but also where he's going to play first team football for six months or whatever and well, then he can maybe look to get a move after that so it could be good for him well you do think if he if he's demanding things at Liverpool to play that whatever if it if the reports are true um, that that he will be coming here to play he's not going to come here to sit on the bench like Sterling Sterling did yeah. and the uh, the reporter who broke the story James Pearce he former Liverpool Echo and he was saying it's a very exciting he said it was a great move for, to Sunderland, so he must he he's seen him more than I have. So I imagine he's uh, well, he might be. It's like you, you, you never know. It's so, like uh, he could he's, be. He's always so young. You can't really know. Well, he could be a Kasaya Sterling, or you know, he could be a Danny Welbeck. You, you never know. I mean, yeah, we. I mean, that, well, that's the thing, isn't it? We have to go quite a long way back to the point <laughs> yeah. where we had a, a kind of highly rated youngster in loan. Who actually made much of a much yeah. of an impact? Unlike Clark Salter and Ajaria, who were uh, who were awful, well, highly rated and awful. Well, this is the thing we're going to because the the players we've been linked with today and uh, reports to also saying Antoine Semenyo, I hope I pronounced that right, is he's coming in on a loan deal from Bristol City, twenty year old centre forward. Um, again. I don't know much about these players, <laughs> so and it also with a fella called Declan John, who's tw- yeah. but he's 24 and a fullback. Yeah, I mean he, play he has played. Yeah, I think he is. He's he is supposed to be decent. He, I think he the problem he had was when he was trying to come through his Swansea there in the Premier League. So I don't think he got much yeah. of a chance. Um, I think he's lost his way a bit. He's probably looking for a change of scene. I'd say he would be a good signing. As for Semenyo, I mean. I tried, I tried to find out some details about him. There's really not much. He was at Newport for a bit. Seemed to do okay. Didn't score loads, but scored a bit. I assume they played him out wide. So, again, if he's going to replace Watmore, for example, he might be. A, if we're going to, if he's going to go, whatever. But I don't know. Well, this is the thing. It's like I was speaking to my friend who supports Bolton. He, he said when Parkinson stumbles across a team that works. In his words, he grinds them into the ground. So where and he's buying these. That sounds exciting. But he, but you can see it already. It's like they're out. Last night was a perfect opportunity on this ploughed field to take, a, especially when they went down to ten men, take a couple of players off, freshen up because we've got a big run of fixtures coming up. A big game on Saturday. And it's, and I hope these players. Well, first of all, I hope these these reports are actually true, and we actually bring in these bodies of. Duncan and Semenya and more importantly this Je- if Declan John is a goer mm. then that's much needed cover for Denver Hume yeah, we, we, des- we desperately need some cover in the wing back areas yeah. on, on both sides and I'm a bit surprised that we haven't really been uh, linked with that many wing backs up, up until yesterday basically when Parkinson admitted that we'd made an inquiry for Declan John um, 
because those two are O'Nein and Hume are so fundamental to how we play and they were pretty stifled last night it, it felt like a very congested narrow pitch um, but a couple of times Hume managed to burst forward got into the box and looked really dangerous and I just really worry that if either roles get, get injured what what other options do well, we have in those wing back roles and also like Luke Nine isn't a wing back it's like no, he didn't come in as well, a wing back and as yeah. well as things stand they are literally having to play 90 minutes every time yeah. we play because we have no other wing backs and that for me is just far too risky a proposition yeah. to, we need like the needs to be covered because um, you can't have because they run probably more than anybody else on the pitch as well like so there's, there's fatigue there's muscle injuries there's them getting clattered which happens to both of them on a regular basis as well one of them gets injured through having to play every single game till the end with, they must know they're not going to get taken off as well because they know there's nobody to yeah, replace yeah, them so there's no competition <laughs> so there's no like Denver Hume can play as well or as badly as he wants he knows he's going to play the next game because yeah. they have nobody to replace him and yeah, that's yeah. not a good situation to be in either uh, <laughs> on the uh, on the way out, peace out, Lawrence de Bock. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Have a moment. Raise a glass to uh, Lawrence de Bock. Actually, Thank actually you. wasn't that bad. Wasn't what wasn't that good? But yeah. for me, he was just there. And also, <laughs> <laughs> for everyone, he was just there. We also have possible outgoings, and the main one is uh, Will Grigg. Uh, there's been rumours today that Oxford have been sniffing around, and they've accepted. Uh, like a joint bid yeah, in the millions, million, from yeah, three million. Yeah, and two that, of theirs. And they've been strikers. talking about yeah. targeting Will Grigg. Also, he used to play down at Swindon, and he was quite liked it down there. Benford as well, I think. But it doesn't. It selling to Oxford. I mean, I know, I know, he's a bit. He's been a millstone around the neck of the the club for a mm. bit. Not his fault, obviously. Yeah. But it's. Uh, what does that, if we sell into Oxford, what does that say about the whole yeah, well, scenario? I'm going to be honest, I, I don't think we should sell him, period, until the end of the season. Because I think, A, we're not exactly massively blessed with good strikers. But all he, hasn't, strikers he at all. hasn't played a minute in January. Yeah, exactly. So I think they are trying to sell him. Um, but That's not me, a good way to sell him. Yeah, no, I know it's not. But for me, I think like it's quite, I mean, Parker, didn't he say he'd been ill? I mean, yeah, did, yeah. that was obviously yeah. just a cover-up. But my, my view on him is allegedly. My view on him is like we pay we pay this money for him. We're still paying him obviously money now in wages. Like we might as well. Obviously, I mean, if Parker doesn't fancy him, he doesn't fancy him, and there's no reason why he would, given that. But we can all see that it hasn't particularly worked out for him. But at the same time, I just can't count on selling him to a rival, especially not in the same league. No one in the championship is going to want him, and if he doesn't want to go to league, to league two, I don't blame him for that because he's obviously going to take pay cut, and it's obviously going to damage his reputation as well because he. As much as he might not like playing for Sunderland, he also wouldn't want to be the guy who Sunderland sold, sold to a League Two club either. So, yeah. if he's got any sense about him, if he does get another chance, he's probably better off just trying to play well and just try to do as well as he can to get that move in the summer, whether we go up or not. Because it hasn't worked out, but we're in the possession of a guy who has scored a lot of goals at this level, and he might not be working out right now, but we may need him, especially with his grinding first teams into the ground. The Parky does. Yeah, as well. I just, I just feel the whole saga has been an absolute crying shame I mean it's been personally I think it's been an absolute horrendous mismanagement by the uh, the board losing I don't, I, don't, I don't want to bang on about <laughs> yeah. the whole lost George Marshall blah 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 but it's like we didn't we didn't really need him at the time we did lose a striker 
and it's just it's just not worked out. It's like and now overshadowed that transfer policy ever since. Hasn't it? And it, for him himself, it, like this time last year, he was playing in the championship for Wigan, and now they thought we were trying to sell him to Salford, yeah. a team that barely existed a couple yeah. of years ago. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, clearly it hasn't worked out for him. I, we, we we obviously played, paid too much money for him at the time, but aside from that, it did make quite a lot of sense. And and I and probably many fans were were pretty happy yeah, once we definitely. brought him in. You know, we'd, we'd we'd lost a bit of a gold machine in Josh Madger, and we felt like we'd brought somebody in and Will Grigg who was going to do the same sort of role. But um, particularly under Parkinson, I mean, even more so than under Jack Ross, he, he's just not going to play the sort of role that that Wyke and Lafferty fit into Parkinson's preferred system so he's not going to play for us I don't because of the reasons that Jim's Jim said I don't see him moving because we're not going to we're not going to sell him to well, a championship club's not going to take him we're not going to sell him to a league one rival he's not going to want to drop to league two so I don't think he'll leave before the end of the window I think he'll just sort of brought in the reserves sadly by the way if you are listening to this and Will Grigg has been sold you can uh, just ignore the, <laughs> the yeah. past uh, five minutes uh, a time of recording uh, also possible question marks over uh, Mark Nolte yeah well, hips have been sniffing sniffing around I mean again a player I've not seen him in a while no he did well for them last year on loan as well and obviously Ross brought him oh, to us course, on loan yeah. didn't he so yeah. I think that would make a lot of sense for all parties gets him gets one, frees up one of our loan spots Get, and I believe he's a Hibs uh, well I think he's a Celtic slash Hibs fan his dad's his dad's a, a, the same so um, his, his dad's Twitter's brilliant by the way if anyone gets to look at that but um, <laughs> yeah I think that a move back to Hibs would make sense for all parties there there'll be no real loss oh like no one's going to be mourning him but he, no. he's only on loan so I, I don't know what the terms of the loan are presumably we can't just sort of terminate it and well it's, supposed to be, back. well it's what's been happening well since we've been down this division I think just teams can re, uh, teams can recall whoever they want uh, I've yeah. noticed uh, today Lincoln Biggest top goal scorer, Tyler Walker. Yeah, he's gone back to Forest. He's, he's gone back yeah. to Forest. So yeah, that can happen at any time. And also, the other question mark is about uh, Aidan McGeady. Do we yeah. think he's going to be he'll shifted? Go. Yeah, he'll go. I mean, it, to where? Scotland. I mean, Scotland. <laughs> I know what I think will happen is that we are. It'll be. Hibs. It'll be tomorrow. Um, could be Hibs. Hibs will be a shout actually. I think it's obviously been left at the last minute because they'll want to pay as little money as possible for him slash to to him in wages. Uh, he's obviously he doesn't want to stay. He, he's a he's got an agent who's obviously got contact. So yeah, I think he'll go to Scotland or potentially the championship. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's. I think he's still championship quality for the for the right team and the right sort of way of playing. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up in the championship. But he's going to be the problem's going to be wages probably. Isn't yeah. it? It's going to be on. It's going to be on a fair book at Sunderland. So well, I suppose we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so if it comes to um, post Brexit and we've got and we finish the uh, transfer window with Lafferty, Wright, Scowen, Duncan, Semenu and possibly Declan John replacing Dubok, Grigg, McNulty and McGeady, would you be happy with that? Yes, bar getting rid of Grigg, because if we get rid of Grigg, it's gonna be to another League One club. Yeah. So I think that I would rather keep him and then if we're choosing, like probably not sign Antoine Semenya. Yeah, I'd be I'd be fairly happy with that. My, my concern with the three that we've already got is that we still really lack any sort of pace in the team, particularly with Watmore. He was he was out for the game yesterday. I think he's meant to be back for Saturday, but 
with his injury record you really don't know aside from that we've got Denver Hume or Denver Zoom as some people call him um, and that's and that's that's the only pace we've got in the whole squad so uh, Semenyo from what I've seen on YouTube and I know that's not the most kind of reliable that's how Newcastle used to do their scouting so you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, do, he does at least look fast um, that's true maybe maybe Duncan maybe been off Duncan and get him in yeah, yeah. so I, I think that might that, that gives us a bit of an option so say like to say like last night if it had still been nil-nil you'd want some pace to come off the bench play you know bring somebody on against tired legs on that kind of pitch as well and at the moment we don't really have that particularly when when Watmore's injured so that that might give us a little bit of a different angle but like I said earlier my, my main concern is we have one way of playing and particularly against stronger opposition like we're going to find on Saturday a team who are pretty much about as informed as we are is, is that way of playing going to be enough if it's not going going well? Jim, do you like jumpers? I love, I love jumpers, I have various different types but my favourite what are your favourite jumpers? Uh, jumpers from, from the terraces. And I hear you can get some kind of discount on them. Yeah, um, if you go to from the terraces website, you can put in the code WMS, WMS10 to receive a 10% discount off an order. Hey, that's great, isn't it? That's just, that's just fantastic. And, uh, well, speaking of Oxford, well, we're playing Oxford soon. And what can you do there? I mean, Oxford's ground is in the middle of nowhere. Why would you want to venture all the way down there? And get to the train station, have a drink, and like, oh no, I can't get to the train station. I can't, I can't get to the football ground. Oh god, what are we gonna do? It's like what you can do is go to the Phantom Brewery, <laughs> Phantom Brewery in Reading of all places on the fifteenth of February at eleven a.m. Who's gonna be there? It's Super Kevin Phillips doing a live talking with our good friends in Wise Men Say, Vox beer on tap. Oh, and guess what? I think I know. They're not doing a collab with Fun Brewery, are they? The bloody are. They bloody are. Unbelievable. And you're thinking, oh, in ready. How do I get to this game? There's a bus outside. It will take you to the game and it will bring you. I'm back again. They've thought of everything. They yeah. have thought of everything. Really and, and yours, get this, just for £15. That's just. That includes the bus. That includes the bus. Just, just incredible stuff. So get yourself down to that. Also. On the 8th of February, when we welcome Big Dogs Ipswich Town at the Stadium of Light, we're back at the Peacock. Well, not us, but like, you know, the regular. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be in there. We'll, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be, be participating. Yeah, we might be in there. I'll be like watching from the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be in there. Other people will be in there. And also, Danny Collins will be in there. And from 12.30, so get yourself down, there'll be a chat with Danny Collins. He's 10% off all beer if you're a season ticket holder. I mean, like, that's great. And also, get this. Come on, free start your cake. Can't turn that down. Oh, yeah. So get yourself down to the Peacock nice and early on uh, the 8th of February when we play Ipswich Town and you can hear all the lovely stuff from Danny Collins. Uh, right, so Portsmouth on Saturday. Portsmouth, infuriatingly, are good again. Uh, they've won the, <laughs> won the last eight in all competitions. Uh, seven in the league. But I think they've got games in hand like we have. And uh, again, looking ominous and they, they get very excited when we go down there, don't they? So, nothing would be better than a lovely 1-0 Parkinson masterclass. And what, what I'm thinking is, 
is Phil Parkinson's pragmatism now actually going to help us going down there? Because like they were in the playoffs, they're going to be very excited, they're going to be very up for it. So, And if we just stifle them, could get a result there? I, yeah, I, I see no issue why we can't. I mean, as much as I'd love this one of clean sheets to continue, like clearly we are going to concede a goal at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if Portsmouth were the ones to score it against us. But I don't see a reason why we can't win 2-1. I would say 2-1 would be a shout for my prediction anyway. And in terms of general play, I mean, Slade, um, not Russell Slade, is he? What's his name? Russell Slade? No, not Russell Slade. I always get him. Kenny Jacket. Kenny Jacket, that's the guy I always get him to confused. Griffey legend, though. Yeah, Ken, Kenny Jacket. <laughs> Kenny Jacket, we're, he's an experienced manager at this level, isn't he? So. He, he'll know Parky, Parky will know him, so I think it will be quite a cagey game. But I see no reason why well, I think our players are better than their players, I think we can beat them. So I'm going to go 2 1. Bold, bold. <laughs> I like it, I like it, strong. I think we've looked in the last three games a little bit one dimensional going forwards. Um, and I think with Pompey being in form at their place like you say they'll be up for it I don't think they'll play the occasion quite so much as they did in the playoff semi-finals because stakes aren't quite as high this time I can't really see anything other than a draw out of this um, because as we've discussed I can't really see Parkinson changing the way we play we've looked a little bit blunt attacking wise and I think we're playing a higher calibre of team than we have done in the last few games. Do you reckon we're going to see changes? Because, as I, I mentioned, means. like we had a game on Wednesday. Um, it a bit, towards the end of that game, it looked very leggy. Do you reckon players like Scoen and maybe maybe Lafferty come in? I would, see, I would like to see both of them come in, actually. Um, in, fa- although, in place of White King. The thing is, Charlie it would be very hard to drop him yeah. considering he did score the winning goal so I think Scowan should come in or Scowan however you say I think he should replace Dobson uh, I think not only is he more experienced he's played a lot of championship games um, Dobson uh, good, good, good as he has been in patches I think he's probably the weakest no offence George but the weakest link in our midfield so Scowan's got the experience he's going to be fresh he's going to be hungry he's going to want to impress so for, it's a no brainer for me to have him in the middle of power um, and then keep everything else probably the same, bar potentially what we were saying before about moving right to the barely right to the left and putting there Osterk in the middle because Osterk played really well against Sports with the playoffs. So, who's Osterk coming for? Lynch. Lynch. Uh, no, I don't think he, I don't think he'll start both Lafferty and Scowen because if Wright retains his place in the team, he's, he's still he's still just joined. Just joined the squad. He's going to be. He's relatively inexperienced around his teammates. I don't see him doing uh, doing that. And like I said, I was a bit surprised that Lafferty didn't start last night. Parkinson clearly wants to keep it the same eleven as much as possible. So um, yeah, like Jim says, I think it's probably more likely that Scoward might come in for Dobson, and I think Wyke will at least start the game. Lafferty probably coming on at some point. This is like it's a very. It's an enormous month, really. I think we've, apart from Wickham, I think uh, Wickham are in a false position. I think they don't. I don't even think they'll make the playoffs come the end of the, the season. But the, the coming weeks, obviously Portsmouth Saturday, then Ipswich, Oxford, and then Coventry yeah. at the end of March. It's like the end of this month. I think we'll have a better 
like understanding of where we where we're gonna go. Like, is this season's gonna peter out, or is this, this is actually a promotion charge? Exactly, it hits on the depth of the squad because there's no way you can ask the same eleven players to play all of the play all of those teams you just mentioned there. You can't have just the same eleven players play over and expect every single game to 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 go well. We need depth, we need rotation, and we need to man. He needs to manage this month because, like you say, it's a massive month, biggest month of the season by far. If he manages it correctly. We've got the players to do it, but it's going to be a combination of the players being up for it, the players playing sensibly, and Parky managing the, managing the games and managing the squad to make sure that we have the best possible eleven in each game, and that's going to involve changes. Yeah. Um, so, what are we going with, Matthew? Prediction-wise, yes. Uh, I can't see past a draw. Sadly, I think maybe one-one. One-one. Two one. Two one. I don't know. I fancy that one nil. I do fancy that one nil. <laughs> uh, just to finish off, question of the week. As you all know, it's Brexit soon, and to celebrate Brexit, uh, uh, whatever he is, Sajid Javid. I don't know what. Is he Home Secretary? Or yeah, he's the. Ch- he's another chancellor. I don't know. Oh, he I might can be. never. I can oh, never. yeah. Anyway, anyway, he's launching a commemorative fifty pence. So. Should at some point our overbearing overlord, Stuart Donald, leave the club, what item would best commemorate his tenure here? Um, I would commission a statue of an empty recorder leg bottle <laughs> in the shadow of the stadium of light. Um, and I haven't quite worked out what the what the caption sort of etched oh. onto it would be, but it would be something like, "Boy, I needed that." <laughs> well, yeah. If we're going for the literal option, yes. Uh, I was trying to think of something slightly more poetic, so it'll be something like, um, uh, you know, this is to commemorate the the tenure of Stuart Donald with a with a bottle as empty as his promises. Oh, right again, allegedly again. Right. Uh, mine would be a um, small commemorative um, yellow and black parachute pin pin badge, which would simultaneously. Uh, commemorate the parachute payments and the promise of the Dortmund model at the same time. <laughs> so um, that will be on sale uh, around the ground before the game. Uh, we'd also buy you a ticket to um, a night where it would just be loads of like rubbish 90s dance music that would remind us of the change in pretty much music that would finish <laughs> with a sing-along of Sweet Caroline where we'd all into the air um, and that would be like the uh, the benefit night for to sort of commemorate it. like they're all having their Brexit parties and stuff that would be our version of that and we'd all not want to go because that sounds awful but anyway. and mine would be a red seat because um, that's but I'd get someone else to bring it and like fit it in my house because um, that's the only thing he's, I think he's really done um, anyway we'll round it up there before we get sued or something um, there'll be there's no I don't think there'll be a reaction pod after Portsmouth so there's a normal show on Monday again with Gareth and Stephen come to the live show in Oxford come to the live show before the Ipswich game on the 8th and that's it from us thanks for listening